locked in. Yes. On the FIFA rankings. New FIFA rankings out after the World Cup. And the obvious, we all know who's got to be number one, it's right? Got to be Argentina, right? Of course. Yeah. They just uh, played no. the greatest World Cup final in history. No. It's, Brazil. it's Brazil. Brazil, <laughs> it's Argentina, Brazil. France, uh, Belgium, who disappointed terribly in this. England, five, Netherlands, Croatia. Then Italy, who didn't even make the World Cup. It's a two-year rolling average. Sure. It's a little bit crazy. It takes time for things to adjust over the course of time. But... It's not the Bears. No, it's not. <laughs> it is not the Bears. 25, the Bears. 20 losers yesterday. What was your takeaway? Because my initial thought was, you know what? Uh, they did not take advantage of the fact that they created some turnovers. The Eagles did not play their best game on the lakefront in a cold weather game. And the Bears were so- Justin Fields continues to be somewhat entertaining when I watch him. Uh, more than somewhat. You know, he's, he's the reason I do enjoy watching Bears games this year. But aside from that... Kind of a ho-hum game, ho-hum performance from the team. Well, you caught them in a trap game. They yes. were. They weren't at their best. But they were at their best when they needed to be, the Philadelphia Eagles, going into half and coming out of half. Mm-hmm. They had the possession going in, scored. The Bears got the ball back. They took a knee. They didn't have enough time to do anything. And then coming out of the half, they had the kickoff coming to them. They're receiving the ball. They scored 14 of their 25 right there. That's yep. all they needed. No. And they, they, they hit a post, you know, too, when they tried a field goal. And their field goal ki- uh, kicker disappointed them. Uh, so when they needed to be the best, they were on two possessions, and they scored another touchdown to give them a little bit of distance. At least their field goal kicker is willing to go out there and attempt it, though. Yeah, well, yeah, a, yeah, I know. Turned him <laughs> down. Um, so Cairo Santos, no, nah, that's a little bit far <laughs> for me. What's that? Yarder, Over right? forty-five? Eh, oh, not, not today, York. Not 45? today. Not. Oh, hold on now. And I know where the wind was coming from because I saw it when I was driving in. The wind was coming out of the west, so that's a crosswind at Soldier Field. That's what it is. It's a crosswind. Mm-hmm. It wasn't into him. It wasn't against him. It was a crosswind. I mean, what are we doing? It was a curious decision, I have to admit. When uh, Matt Eberflus decided to punt from... Well, he took the penalty. Yes. And then he punted. Yes. Yes. Um, which, fine, that's that's exactly what you would expect a coach yeah. to do. But in a situation where you are 3-10 and 10 in that game, 3-11 right. and 11 after the loss yesterday, um, I have to admit that if your kicker can't even give you an attempt from 40, what would it have been? 40, 48 yards. 40, 48 yards. Yeah, put it back seven. You, if you're at the 31, yes. you put it back there, 48, 49-yarder. At that point, you probably need to also Re- add kicker to right, the re-esta- list of re- issues. Reevaluate your kicking position and say, okay, not only that, but his kickoff duties are gone, too. You know that. Yes, did you see that? I did. Gill is kicking sure. now. Hey, guess what? 17 in a row, fantastic. You were in a good mindset, whatever. It's not there anymore. You've lost it. It's time for you to go. That's add kicker to the list. They had the kid. He's kicking for somebody else now. Eddie Pinero? Yeah. No, 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 no. The guy that they brought in for the week when when uh, Santos was gone this year. They brought a kid oh. in. Remember, he was 4 for 4. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, Badgley? Whoever, Badgley. whoever they brought in. Yes. He was good the week he was here. He didn't miss kicking. He was gone the next week. The fickle nature they of said, an NFL kicker. Yes. So here's my other reactions to what I had. Uh, I, I thought Justin Fields played well. I thought he was under duress all day. 15 plays for negative yardage for the Chicago Bears. Six sacks, nine TFLs. Tackle for loss. Yesterday, tackles for loss. A lot of that damage being done in the first half, too. Five sacks, seven of those TFLs in the first half. I, I thought that it was a gritty performance. I thought the coach uh, uh, reiterated the hits principles to these guys. Let's hustle. Let's play with intensity. Let's force some turnovers. They pulled the trifecta again yesterday, which is the damn near impossibility in the NFL. Okay? And that is? You had more time of possession. 
You won the turnover battle. Uh-huh. You outrushed the other team. And you lost. You won all three of those, and you lost the game, which is something that's going to drive you a little batty. But the Bears have to play perfect football to be able to beat good teams, and the Philadelphia Eagles don't have to play perfect football mm-hmm. to beat bad teams. And ultimately, that's what uh, that's what happened yesterday. You were playing too good of a football team that doesn't need to be perfect to beat the Chicago Bears. But I'm uh, still happy with my quarterback. Yep. Uh, at the end of the game, he found a wide-open receiver when he kind of rolled out, so I'm very happy. He had another electrifying run yep. in what looked like just an awful situation where he's going to get sacked once again. He finds a way to get out, so his athleticism is there. His ability to run is there. Him Blake, uh, breaking the rushing record and being the third quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards, it's all fantastic. Uh, that's great. Being able to escape is great. Being able to uh, extend plays and go on and on and on and on, that's all fantastic. I love it. Uh, even better, I like the way he's playing quarterback and the way he's throwing the ball. And when he gets viable receivers and legitimate stud receivers here, and he gets some legitimate protection up front, everybody who was clamoring and crying for Alex Leatherwood, <laughs> why aren't we seeing Alex Leatherwood? Huh? Why do we not see Alex Leatherwood? You saw him. 17 plays, 17 the, snaps. The human turnstile yes. out there. He doesn't sit in a chair, and if you know what offensive lineman technique is, you sit in a chair, you move your legs, you get a good punch, you don't overextend yourself. This guy, when he's taking contact, bends at the waist, straightens his legs, starts to reach out and clamor. He doesn't punch, and he absorbs, and he just turns him. He gets turned. It's like a turnstile going through uh, the subway downstairs. That's what it is. It's, he's terrible. That's the official finality of that. Unless his technique improves, he's terrible. Uh, I believe uh, Hassan Reddick was doing his um, uh. homage to the late, great Taylor Hawkins because he was beating Alex Leatherwood like yeah. a drum all yeah. day. And every Philadelphia Eagles edge rusher who had the opportunity made Alex Leather- Leatherwood look like Do you see him the... Fighting? Hmm? Do you see him fighting on the defensive line? Yeah. They all lined yes, up over yes, there. Yes, yes. They had they nobody couldn't... playing on the right side. Yes. Everybody started going to the left side. Yeah, Alex. And, and then the rudimentary stunts that they were beating the Bears offensive line with. Sure. Well, explain that to the listener. Yeah, just, they, they were running tackle and stunts. And, and, you know, the tackle penetrates through the B gap. He chips on the, on the tackle. The guy, the defensive end, runs around back underneath. And it was one after another, over and over and over. Have we not seen any stunts? Have we not practiced against any stunts? The play that <laughs> destroyed him defensively Maybe. is the. Uh, that was- is the Jalen Hurts touchdown? I was going to say Brisker. Maybe, yeah. maybe the Bears' offensive line problem is that they practice against a defense yeah, that, that sends multiple players into the same gap. Here, oh, maybe that's why. And the, the defense not designed that way. Obviously, when I saw it happen, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. So who's at fault? Was it the defensive lineman or was it the blitzer? It was the blitzer, according to Eberflus. Yes. After the game, Eberflus specifically said the blitzer ended up going into the wrong gap. Here, if I'll... he's coming up, he's free, and it's them two in the hole. I'm betting on Brisker being able to make the tackle. You referenced it, Matt Eberflus, after the game. What happened on Jalen Hurts' walk-in touchdown? Yeah, you'll see it when he rots it again. We had two guys in the same gap. You know, the safety's supposed to be in the other gap. We should we should have had that dead to rights, um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, that that happened. Uh, I think uh, Alan called a great pressure there uh, in that situation, and uh, that's what it was. So there you go, the head coach, or the DC. They had the plan. Yes. The play was there. He was going to pop him right in the hole. Yep. Instead, nose tackle goes to the left where he's supposed to. Now, a little less athleticism out of your nose tackle who went straight to the ground there. I mean, if you're standing, you might be able to fight it just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But why you would see your nose tackle go to the left and then common sense... Say the nose tackle's wrong. Sure. 
Okay, I'm supposed to be there. Common sense the for the guy IQ. coming up from the back should go, okay, now I need to go to the right. Yeah, even so if, adjust your steps and get to the right. Even if, yeah, even if the nose tackle, which we heard from Iberflus, it was not his fault. But even if. Yeah, I played with the great Brian Noble. Mm-hmm. I, One of my I first games was here in Soldier Field in 1991. I'm here at Soldier Field, final five games of the year. And I, I'm, Brian comes to me and goes, hey, he goes, where are you supposed to be? I said, I'm supposed to be in that A. He goes, don't you worry about it. He goes, you just fight your ass off. He goes, I'll be behind you. I'm going to play off of you. Yeah. He goes, but when you go, stay. Okay? Don't try. Don't, yes. Go, don't go switch. He goes, when you go, stay. And he goes, fight that gap and hold that gap. And he goes, I'll go to the other one. I'll play off of and you. And he'll plug the gap. And then and... ultimately, the football dictates what you do. Yes. You've got your responsibility. And then wherever the football goes now dictates what your responsibility is. Makes sense. You go to your responsibility. Football dictates what happens. Sometimes we make this game far more difficult yeah. than it needs to be. Like yeah. you said, uh, just uh, the football IQ there was yeah. lacking from Jaquan Brisker. Yes. And... As you laid out at the start, and by the way, I don't even know if I said it, but Jeff Meller in for Carmen, who is... Uh, ah, you did who, say it, but welcome aboard once right. again. So uh, Carmen is uh, out uh, vacationing, enjoying the uh, tropic uh, scenery that he is, so uh, he will be back next year. He'll be coming back next week. What's I believe no, he'll be back Carmen. next week. There you go. He's right. back on Tuesday. Jeff. So there yeah. you go. Carmen will be after back. After the holidays. He'll be back after the holidays. So, uh, But Meller in for uh, Carmen this week. So, all right, Yerk. The fact that the Eagles go out there, the, the the talent disparity on full display, though, because as you mentioned, the Eagles go out and don't really do what they normally do. They, you know, Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over all game long, and it doesn't matter because the Bears are just outside of Justin Fields. They can't get out of their own way time and time again. If Justin Fields is not making a dynamic play on offense, they really don't have any playmakers to help him out. And, you know, when you're going up against not just an elite offense, but also an elite defense, there's a reason why the Eagles are, you know, the best team in football right now. And the Bears, people are like, we went into this game looking at the Eagles as the blueprints for the Bears to mimic because of the type of quarterback that Justin Fields is. You can see the one-to-one comp that is Jalen Hurts. I think you can do it next week, too, with Josh Allen. Josh Allen's quarterback likes to run it. So we're going to see two blueprints of what we want to be two weeks in a row. And I don't know who's better, Philadelphia or Buffalo right now. Buffalo 10-3, and 13-1, or are they 10-4 and up there? Buffalo's 11-3, right? Yes, Buffalo won with their win on Saturday. Thank you. 11-3 Eleven and three up there, and then you've got thirteen and one. You got two blueprints of of the teams that you want to be. Sure, are, are coming. The other one's coming into town this week. Now, you had a trap game against Philadelphia. Buffalo's going to watch this film. They're not going to say, "Hey, we can't look at this team lightly." They're going to play hard. They're going to bust their hump. And if we make mistakes, they're going to take advantage. So let's not make it any tougher than we have to. So and. They also have the additional day off because Buffalo did play on Saturday. Yep, yep. So they had an opportunity, not just, you know, the coaches did, to scout the Bears game live as it was happening. So they're going to have that advantage as well. Uh, short work week for the Bears because the game is on Saturday on Christmas Eve as the NFL is moving most of their Sunday slate to a full Saturday schedule. So we're going to have that this week on Christmas Eve. And to your point, now... The Bills have had that extra opportunity, so it shouldn't be. It shouldn't. It, the Bears will not sneak up on the Bills necessarily the way the, the Bears did on the Eagles. However, the Bills do have the Bengals game on Monday Night Football waiting for them after the Bears, which could, you know, if the Bengals have designs on trying to grab that that top seed, the Bengals will need to win that game. So the Bills will have an important game right after the Bears, just like the Eagles have with the Cowboys. So. Even though everything you just said makes sense, Yerko, it is possible 
the Bills are looking ahead yeah. on Saturday. But the film, the film is going to wake them up. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Is the film will wake them up. They'll, they'll find out and they'll take a look and they'll say, geez, we can't fall asleep against this team. This team might only have three victories. But they, they were taking it to Philadelphia. Early mm-hmm. in the game, they were taking it to Philadelphia. Certainly. I'm like, gee, I go, is Philly going to wake up at some point? That's what I kept asking myself. Are they going to wake up? You know, when are they going to wake up? And they finally did wake up, and it was before the half and after the half, and that's all it took for them to kind of feel comfortable. Never thought uh, the Bears offensively were really kind of pressing them to the point where they became nervous at all. And it seemed like any time they did gain some yardage, they were ready to give up, uh, you know, smack them in the face with a negative play. The Eagles, that is. Yeah, the Eagles putting them in negative yardage. So, And, yeah, it's noon Saturday, which I like. Um, so they get the extra day of rest. But, yeah, I think Chicago at this point, does, it doesn't make a difference. You're going to go out. You're going to play these good teams. You're going to measure yourself against these good teams to see where you're at. I thought you fought them. You fought them. You fought Philadelphia. All I'm looking for is to fight Buffalo and remain the second draft position yes. where you're at currently right now. And, boy, if Houston, after fighting two weeks in a row, if Houston could have found a way to win some games, two games, they, they, the Bears would have the number one pick. And then ultimately, I thought the, I think they'd be feeling good about themselves. But nevertheless, the even if they can land in, like you said, continue to play good competition coming their way the remaining three weeks. Because at this point, I can actually say the Lions are some decent competition for the Bears. Uh-huh. So they close out with the Bills, the Lions, and the Vikings the next three weeks. Some measuring sticks for the Bears. And even if they end up losing those games, to your point... You can look at it for the organization as a positive. Early prediction before the break. I got Dallas beating Philadelphia next week. Ooh. Interesting. First first recommendation. I've got it. Dallas, after a bad loss, and I mm-hmm. think that was a yes. bad loss down in Jacksonville, after having a lead. How about my Jaguars, huh? <laughs> Six and eight, a game out with the tiebreaker in hand against yeah. the uh, Titans in the final game of the year against the Titans. I like it. They're playing necessary football. They're on a streak reminiscent of what was happening in 1996 out there. Oh, way, boy. way back when the good kid was uh, donning oh, the, yeah. the teal the and teal, black. Yeah, the teal and black and white. And it looked great sure. and white. It looked like Slimming. the Michelin man out there. Uh, all right. Uh, Carmen Yurko Meller in for Carm today. We've got plenty to talk about. A fabulous weekend of NFL football, even though the Bears were a bit of a hiccup when you look at the entire NFL slate. We're going to dissect all of the great action around the NFL. And oh, by the way, if you missed it before the NFL even started, we had quite possibly the greatest World Cup final in the history of the sport. We'll talk about it all coming up next here on ESPN 1000. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. All of my optimism surrounding the Bears always goes back to Justin Fields and whether it's the ridiculous non-touchdown run because he stepped out at the seven-yard line or a late-game touchdown pass to Byron Pringle, which is also encouraging because on the heels of him breaking that long run in the second quarter, you then have late in the game Justin Fields breaking the pocket and creating a wide-open Byron Pringle because of the breakdown in coverage. So every time I watch a Bears game this year at this point over the last eight weeks or so, I have been very delighted by what I've seen from their franchise quarterback, who I'm convinced at this point is the guy that you can build around. And that in itself, I think, Yerko, was a was the one yeah. points that I was hoping to glean from this season. 
But when I look around at everything else surrounding Justin Fields, at this point, I've come to the conclusion that there's very little to be excited about. And I'm wondering, what are you convinced is on this roster that is a must-carry over to next season? Well, defensively, I think you're looking at three defensive backs, Jalen Johnson, uh, you're looking at Brisker, you're looking at Gordon, obviously, and then Jones, the youngster, Jalen Jones, uh, is another guy that I think that you're going to keep yeah. at him. Well, Justin Jones? Well, Justin, you, the defensive no, lineman. You, I'm not talking about the lineman. I'm talking it. about the other corner. My bet. So you, corner. Did, you did not say Kyler Gordon there. No, I said Gordon, Brisker, Brisker, Johnson, and then Jones. Okay. Okay, those four right there sure. are ones that I think are absolutely coming back. Jack Jackson, Eddie Jackson, who's coming back from an injury. Uh, we'll see. You've okay. got to make a decision on him. So, you've so you make like a, the secondary? I like, I like the secondary. And... Um, uh, well, certainly because there's two second-round picks back there, right? Sure. Yeah. Both of those guys back there. I like Sanborn, mm-hmm. right? The the linebacker. Yeah, he's solid. Inexpensive, rookie. Uh, can play that linebacker position for you. If you put better defensive linemen in front of them, all your linebackers are going to be better next year. I would agree. So do it the way the Detroit Lions have done it. You build your offensive and defensive lines. That's what you're looking to do. Uh, I like the secondary. And they're forced to cover, and sometimes they're forced to cover extended plays. Because there's no pass because rush. there's no pass rush, so I give them, I, I grade them with a little bit of a curve, mm-hmm. because I know with a pass rush they might be a little bit better. It's why I criticize Jalen Johnson number twenty thirty three, mm-hmm. and I also support him at the same time. You know, I always say which one of his one interceptions is your favorite. Yes, yes. Okay, that is your. That is he only go-to. had four passes defensed going into the game yesterday, but I know, I know, I can critique that all I want just looking at it. But I know life is tough for the defensive backs without the pass rush. It is. Yes. It's impossible. You saw Fuller with a pass rush be a, a pro bowler with seven interceptions, and he led the league. Mm-hmm. And then when the pass rush started to go south, you saw Fuller be nothing. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So I saw a guy play exceptional, and I saw him play very average. So I'm thinking with the pass rush, this this defensive backfield might end up being a pretty good, pretty solid um, more than above average, like maybe a top seven, top eight defensive backfield mm-hmm. in the league. So I think you're okay there. Offensive line, you got to figure out what you're going to do. And and may, so outside of Jenkins, Kevin Jenkins, who leaves the game, obviously. With the neck. Yep. We didn't get an update yesterday we while not. we were on the air. I don't know if we've gotten an update yet today on Tevin Jenkins. I haven't Always seen. Always scary when the neck starts messing around. You feel stinger down the arm that starts in the neck? Yeah, you sure. don't feel so good about it. Remember, it was Ben Utley in a pile that ended up having an issue with his neck from the Detroit Lions in the early 90s. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's goal line play. I Something recall. happened yep. down there on the pile, and all of a sudden you had yourself a major issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. That was so, terrible, traumatizing yeah. injury. So, so we'll see. So I don't know what on the offensive line. Right now, Claypool and Mooney and Cole Komet. Right? And I only say Claypool because you've invested a yeah, second uh, round agreed. pick in him. Okay, I agree with you there. He right. will, in all likelihood, be back next year yes. because you don't trade a second-round pick not to, right. to see him through his contract situation. Right. But you don't sign Pringle and bring Pringle here and then all of a sudden put him on the street because he was one your one wide receiver signing that you had familiarity with. and all that. It's like Lucas Patrick. Mm-hmm. Lucas Patrick won't be on the street. Lucas Patrick is going to be part of this offensive line. He'll be the starting center. Because you've center invested. Because Getsy invested in him, gets he vouched for him. So even though he's been injured the whole part and he got run over early in the year, mm-hmm. he's still going to be a part of this thing. Because yeah. he's the guy that said, hey, he's my center. He's who I want to do this whole thing. Mustafer may not be back. I don't know if Whitehair, Whitehair will be back. Long in the tooth? 
But and the truth is, so I agree with everything you're saying. All and the, the left guys, tackle will be back. Braxton Jones, who is yeah. a fifth round pick, who's been okay. Yes. Right? Is that fair? Yeah. Um, you can certainly get better, but he's probably, you know, him and Jenkins have been the better linemen. But again, right. we don't know what Jenkins, and yes, Eberflus, outside of saying the, the initial word he got was that uh, Jenkins was positive. That is really the only update we got. So there's no real clarity about Jenkins. Positive status. for what? I, I don't know. Positive for COVID? Positive for Everything what? Everything looks positive. positive there. Oh, it looks positive. All right. So that was yeah. the update that Good. Matt Eberflus gave in the post game. aside from that. And then, of course... You've also got other guys. You you mentioned the secondary, which I agree with you. That looks like you've got, uh, yeah. for the most part, answers, at least going forward for a little bit there. I think Komet answered a question for you at tight this end. season, so, yeah. yes. I agree, especially when you've got so many holes. You're not going to look to right. jettison him so quickly because you have to have serviceable players. And at the very least, I think Cole Komet has proven he's a serviceable tight end. And I think there's a couple of those defensive linemen that are young that they want to keep, yeah. that they've looked be- at, they think are going to be able to get some pass rush going. I don't know. Because let's be honest, you're not going to come in and replace seven, eight defensive no. linemen in no. one season. No, you're so not going to even if that. you know, Yeah, you hope that uh, there might be some rotational guys that you can turn to going forward and maybe you can find perhaps if you get a high pick you find that elite edge rusher you know what i mean in the draft even if it is trading back right hopefully it's not too far back you can go ahead and uh find a guy who can create some of course when it becomes necessary before the draft i will take a look at all the defensive linemen and those pass rushers coming off the edge in the Mm -hmm. corner to be able to assess whether we're going to be able to get something a little bit later in the second or the third round that, uh, you know, uh, when you rank guys high, that's great, but you want to find those gems that are somewhere down there. Okay, if we don't get the number one guy, we're going to take a kid out of Appalachian State that looks pretty damn good. Yep. You know, and you might question the uh, level that he played at, but you can't question the skill that he has. And if he can go ahead and uh, get a little bit better, mm-hmm. boom, you might have something, but you're not going to draft him with the first or second round. Sure. You're going to end up drafting him with a fourth rounder. Well, no, that's 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 a good point because you don't necessarily have like you're only going to have wherever they end up. You're only going to have one high first round pick, right. so you do need to do your work. And I think too, that's another point when you look at what's going on with Valus Jones right now, who's been an absolute disaster. Had another fumble yesterday on an end around, which didn't sound like Matt Eberflus was uh, too happy about. You would never expect an NFL head coach to be excited about a fumble. But um, I think Matt Eberflus pointed out some of the issues yesterday in the postgame. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like when guys lose the football. It's not good. Um, guys have to do a better job securing the ball. I'll get and I'll look at the tape. Uh, but when you're in traffic, you've got to have five points of pressure on the ball and put your clasp hand over your other hand. Uh, so that's an important piece to it. Uh, but like I said, we'll look at it and we'll see where it is. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's any chance he's not with the team next year? Bayless Jones? Yeah. I was, that's exactly where, Mark, you led me exactly to my well, question for a year ago. Because he's a third-round pick. I don't, I don't think there's any chance he's not at training camp. Okay. All right? So he's going to have an off But he's there. on thin ice. It would right. He's, he's going to be here. He's going to be here. Whether anybody likes it or not, he'll be here for training camp. Yes. But if you're asking me on September 5th, I think it's 50-50 right now whether he makes the opening day roster next year. He's got to perform. Which is, a, and yeah. here's the thing, opportunity aplenty yesterday without Claypool, without Mooney, you would have thought, without Nikhil Harry, Harry on the you bench. would have thought Valus yeah. Jones would have had a few more opportunities. But even when he does get with an opportunity out there. Equimanius St. Brown, Brown down with an injury yep. after his first 20-yard reception. Of the game, he goes out with concussion protocol. Yeah, I mean, that's the time to go ahead and make a little bit of noise. Because here's the truth of the matter is, at this point, 
the Bears are just the players out there are just playing for their jobs. You yes. right, like try and yep. put some good tape out there on 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 the field for whether it's the Bears or potential future Anybody employers. Anybody else? Yes. And Valis Jones at every turn seems to be. You know, uh, fumbling his career away. Shoot himself in the foot. That's what he's doing. You know, one step forward, two step back. Any way you want to say it, it's not going the way it should be going for him. 312-332-3776. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen today on Carmen and Yerko. Let's try Ryan, who's in Antioch. Ryan, you want to talk about the Bears' future? Yeah, you know, I hear you guys talking. It seems a lot about players that we need and defense that uh, is needed, you know, is one of the top priorities. What's your guys' thoughts about offensive line and making that our top priority? I mean, if Fields is our franchise quarterback, I'd love nothing more to see him come in a game and come out of a game with that jersey looking pristine, you know, and hopefully healthy for the full season, not getting dinged up like he is now. Listen, I I think offensive line is, as we just kind of ran through it, a clear need issue for the Bears, you know. When you look at teams like the San Francisco 49ers who are finding ways to win with, you know, journeyman quarterback or, or sixth-round pick quarterbacks, right, you see part of the process is because they have invested heavily in their offensive line, right? So it kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Yes, you need, you'd like to have an elite offensive line. You'd like to have, you know, that protecting your franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Yeah, I saw Fields go down with an injury where he was off yeah. the field. He went in the tunnel, came back out. Same thing happened to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He went down on the field. Now he got up, didn't have to go to the tunnel, didn't have to do anything. But when that, the, the, those precious seconds of time when Jalen Hurts is on the field, what do you think is going through Philadelphia's mind? Yeah. Oh, my. What? Well, how, how the hell did that? Why? You, you're, how? When? Why? Oh, yeah. They were probably questioning themselves, too. Quarterbacks play. And I can't wait till Justin Fields can sit there and have a clean jersey yes. after a game. I can't wait. That's not where they're at right now. And the learning continues. Yeah, but that's I think that's the exercise we're going through right now, especially over these final three games now, is what's on this roster is something that you still want to retain going forward and where are the biggest issues for the Bears to come as Ryan Poles tries to figure out how he's going to build a roster around Justin Fields. 312-332-3776. And of course, as we mentioned at the outset, it was a spectacular Sunday morning, and it had nothing to do with the NFL. We'll talk a little bit about that next here on ESPN 1000. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. I love this time of year. Not so much for the holiday, which I do enjoy, or the holidays. Happy Hanukkah. I said that to Merck on the way in. Um, Or an early Merry Christmas to you. But I love this time of year, Yerk, because you can get lost in the NFL standings and start looking at all the permutations. You and I were just breaking down the schedule a little bit as we get ahead of ourselves. You've already predicted an early prediction, the Cowboys to beat the Eagles this week as uh, Philly goes to Dallas. That one. Now, the Eagles don't have... They don't have much to play for because it's hard to envision a scenario where the Eagles don't end up clinching the division and the NFC and get that by because now they, I believe they just need one, one win, right, of their final three. Yes. So with the Cowboys, Saints, and Giants, it's not as imperative for the Eagles to necessarily win this week against Dallas in Dallas, whereas the Cowboys clearly you feel like are the more desperate team, especially yes. after their loss yesterday in overtime. Yeah. Yes, yes. They felt like that one slipped away from them. You've seen them come back after a disappointing day 
and really play well the next week. Um, I think that will happen with them again. And, you know, Dak Prescott, I don't think, had the game that he wanted to have against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think they're a talented team, and it's looking right now like they're going to be the top-rated wild-card team, and they're going to end up playing Tampa in Tampa on a team that will be lucky to finish 7-10 and 10 and win their division. I yeah. mean, I never thought I'd say that. 7-10, and 10 and you're going to win your division. So they're 6-8 and eight right now, and I was, I was throwing it out there. They have three games remaining. This is the Bucks On Christmas Day... They're one of the three games on Christmas Day for the NFL. The Bucks will be playing in Arizona. Of course, uh, get ready for not Marty McSorley uh, to be the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. I believe his name is Trevor McSorley. Is that correct? I believe uh, so. Trace McSorley. Trace. Okay, Trace McSorley. Trace, right? Yes. All right, listen. Who you guys know guys? Uh, all the... Uh, He's from somewhere. Yeah, it's A. McSorley. Sorry. Uh, but not Marty. So Trace McSorley likely to be the Cardinals starting quarterback. When the Bucks play them on Christmas Day, and as you mentioned, if they can't win that one, that's a problem for Tampa Bay. But they got up early yesterday, and I think that's the one takeaway for me that the weekend of NFL football was ridiculous. Yerk, I liked we had, it. I enjoyed it. We had count them five games end on the final play, including three overtime finishes, and none of those included the Chandler Jones. Touchdown, the walk-off touchdown, thank you, Jacoby Myers, which has posterized Mac Jones yes. in a way that I think most people never expected to be the case. So, like, fabulous football all around. And the Bears-Eagles yesterday, 25-20, we watched, consumed it, because obviously we're here in Chicago. But the reality was all the other action this week in the NFL, this weekend in the NFL, was far superior to what we saw on the lakefront on Sunday. Yes, and that's what makes the NFL so exciting. Anytime they do a break-in, then all of a sudden you see Jaguars with interception taking it back in overtime. I mean, that's good stuff. That's what you want. Yes. Yeah, you want last-minute comebacks, all types of craziness. And the thing that happened on Saturday with the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, yes. I mean, at this point now, you're saying what Robert Ursay has done with Jeff Saturday has been an abject Jimmy. failure. Jimmy Irsay, yeah. Robert's the old man, the Correct. pappy. Mm-hmm. What Jim Irsay has done with Saturday, with Saturday, has not done that team any favors whatsoever. Which, and, and you know, I don't know what was more amusing at halftime: the fact that the Vikings were being completely panned because they were trailing thirty to nothing, and then it ended up, you know, trailing thirty-three to nothing. Whereas the, and then. By the end of that game on Saturday, the Colts were the laughing stock because they had given up the most, they had given up the greatest comeback in NFL history to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings of all teams. So that was a stupendous way to start out your Saturday of NFL action. And I, while the Vikings. I, I was the guy that gave up on that game at 30 to nothing. I, there's no way I'm watching this crap. I'm sorry. I Not gave this up guy. on it. I gave up on it. I live bet the Vikings. Five, five bucks, my friend. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Five to win what? To, to win plus 1100 For $5? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, hey. I'd take that. that well, listen, it's, I, it, I didn't have a lot of confidence, but the way the game was what going was and it? unfolding. 220 to 1? I mean, uh, plus 1100 Yeah. I think it got saying. to 35 to 1 at one point. Yeah I, heard, yeah, I heard that. Now, listen, then part of it was because Sylvie tipped me off with a quick text when they were trailing. I think he hit the Vikings when they were trailing 24 to nothing, was it, at right. that point? Yeah. Um, you know, because the truth was, if you watched that game and you watched the Colts lose Jonathan Taylor, after like the second play, after he breaks right. off a nice screenplay, it was and the Vikings. But had, Moss was running well. He was, but he he's like they kept making mistakes. The Vikings, uh, the, the, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Yeah, 
They didn't get a fourth down on one play. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a good gain and fumbled. Yes. You know, they're just the weirdest punt block returned for a touchdown early in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just got, it was 3, 10, 17, 20. What's going on here? I mean, that's how quick it was. But the truth is that it, it didn't seem completely impossible because of the way that game was playing out. Like, you could still see the Vikings had opportunities to move the ball. And so that's why it was like, you know what, there's still a half a football to go. And truth is, the Vikings actually did all their scoring in the, I believe, believe it was the final 16 minutes of the game, right? Of get, like, they well, didn't you, actually. You'll have to tell me because I gave up on the game. And then when I got out of a rehearsal, I got out of a wedding rehearsal, I come out of there, I go, what? What? This is a game? I looked at my cover five. I thought I was going to take a beat, and I looked at that, and I was only minus four. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what happened? So we turned the game on, and we listened to the game, and that's how we got the finality of it. Yeah, no, and so, but I think the takeaway there is not, while everybody's, you know, giving the Vikings a lot of praise for coming back, the truth is, I think if you're an NFL observer, you're looking at the Vikings and you're going, boy, this is just a fraud. Not even a, it's not, can it be a fraud when everybody knows it, Yerk? No. We all know the yeah. Vikings are heading into the playoffs, yeah. and maybe depending on their matchup, they right. get through the, the wild card weekend. The diamonds aren't fake if everybody knows they're cubic zirconium. Correct. Yeah. So, so we're all waiting for it's the Vikings. Just cubic zirconium at that point. To spit the bit in the divisional round. And, and at they this will. point. And in my analysis, I told you this. I don't know if I, I told you this in the meeting, but I told everybody in the world last week there's six legitimate teams in this playoffs. Mm-hmm. Six. Go ahead. Fire it's going to be Philadelphia, Dallas, and, and the San Francisco 49ers. Those are the three that got a shot coming out of the NFC. In the AFC, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's the Buffalo Bills. It's three and three. Those are your three. That's it. Six teams got a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Now, you've got to go and then think about teams playing well late, ending up on a streak, getting into the playoffs maybe. The Jaguars picking them up and putting them down, and the Detroit Lions are your two, like, X factors. Can I throw in, what about the Chargers? Don't believe them, no. You don't believe I'm in them? I'm not a believer in the a, You're more of a believer in the Jaguars than yeah. the Chargers. Yeah. I think because of, and, you know, I, I'm filling in for Carm, so I may as well take up the mantle for Justin Herbert here. Uh, did you, he, and, and I, I tend to agree with you. What you just said, those six teams clearly, and I actually am not even sold on the Cowboys. I think it's probably more like five, but you did when we were talking earlier. I, I think both of my teams that I've got as X-Factors are on the outside looking in right now, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. The teams right now that are set for the playoffs, I think there's only six teams, three on each side that are legitimate. And now I'm talking about two teams that are on the come. Yeah. You know, that are, are 20 lengths still behind with uh, a furlong to go mm-hmm. and are picking them up and putting them down. And they may not have enough time to get into the playoffs at the finish line. The good news for the right. Jaguars is they control their own fate. With yes. the final game against the Tennessee Titans this season, um, they if they win out, if the Jaguars right. win out, they will win the tiebreaker against the Titans no matter what the Titans do. But those so. would be my two wild cards. Just like, not wild cards, because wild card yes, means you're I, a wild card team. Correct. X factor, X factor. <laughs> if they get into the playoffs, yeah. they might make some noise. They'll make deal. some noise. They'll bother some people. Yes. Let's try James, who's in Gurney, wants to talk about the Bears. What's up, Jimmy? Jimmy. Hey, fellas. What's great? I just want to shout out to the man behind the mask. The handbag glass always called me by my first name. Thank you, yeah, young man. That's pretty cool. You're welcome, say, James. Good morning. Mar- You're welcome. Thank you, Merkin. So, who we're going to keep? I think you hit it on the head on the defensive side. It's pretty clear. I like that Blackwell kid, too. I think he yeah. can maybe turn out to be something. Let's Josh. see who's have a Sanborn in the hip. On the other side of the football, I don't really know. I mean, I like Cole, but he's slow. I think he, I think he could lose a few pounds. And other than 
Tevin Neck and Braxton Jones, there's a lot of holes to fill. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I like this team after a bye. I mean, they were super competitive yesterday. I know the Eagles weren't playing in. That had something to do with the cold. The Eagles weren't playing, but that, that defensive line struggling, but they played well. The backers played well. I mean, they played. Is it is it fair to say that a decent 3-11 and team? I mean, that's a competitive <laughs> football team, but Justin's the answer, and we're just going to – I mean, there's a lot of holes to fill, so I'm thinking, what are you guys thinking? Maybe – Maybe eight to nine wins. Maybe Next year. 2024 we get in the playoffs. Nine, nine wins. I'm, I'm for nine wins. They haven't done anything yet. We don't know, but we'll see. I had the Bears capable of winning nine this year. You did. When it's all said and done, I think you're going to take a look at this year and say this team's a lot better than that three. And, and people will say, well, you know, they are what the record says they are. And that's the silliness that you, somebody once said. And that's <laughs> a what good it cliche, is. yeah. Yeah, good cliche. But... Uh, yeah, I the the best three and eleven football team in the NFL. Yes, it's because they're, they're the only three and eleven football team in the NFL. But at three and eleven, you'd probably rather be the Bears than quite a few teams that have four wins currently. Yes, you know, and you look around at some of the five. You know, LA's five coming teams. back. LA's coming back. The Rams, Rams are coming back. Yeah, yeah, but they need a healthy Stafford, and at his age and with his issues, well, they don't have an injuries. El- they don't have an elf healthy Donald. And they, but they don't have a first round pick for God knows how long. Right, right. I, so listen, they sold their soul for the did. Super Bowl, and you and listen. Kudos to them. Yeah. I would gladly trade multiple first-round picks from the Bears for a Super Bowl, for a Super Bowl yes. anytime soon. That's but fair to say. But now this is when it's going to be tough for them. This next couple of years is when it's going to be tough. Fair, 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 fair. All right, we've resisted long enough, Yerko. Is it okay? Is it time? Can we finally go ahead and break down the yes. beautiful game? I think we should. We'll do it next here on ESPN 1000. It's Carmen and Yerko. Sports talk while you're on the clock. Do I exaggerate? This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. status as the goats yesterday that is still being debated by the ronaldo supporters and defenders but nevertheless what we watched yesterday morning if you watched the world cup final on fox was riveting theater absolutely fabulous and i do believe yurko the greatest world cup final of all time Uh, I, i believe it was uh the first world cup final i remember Watching if maybe it was on a tape delay was the Argentina seventy eight. Okay, I believe that's right. Seventy eight Argentina in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I watched a replay of it. I think the first one was eighty six. I think it, uh, that was in Mexico. Mar- Marindona. Yes, that was in Mexico. Right. Marindona was eighty six. Then eighty two um, may have been on television. I may have caught that one, but that's the only game that was on when it, back in the late seventies and early eighties. It was only the final. You didn't see anything. You in, didn't in, see qualifying. In, in, you saw nothing else. You just say, oh, today is the World Cup final. Sure. And you didn't know how the hell anybody got there, but <laughs> it was that. But, yeah, watching it on Sunday, it was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm telling you, the softest penalties in the world, Argentina has been awarded in their last two games. Softest penalties in the world. I don't know what that guy did to get the penalty in that game, but either way, they awarded it. Argentina and and uh, Messi, he buries it. They go up two nothing. Correct. Right. I'm, can we discuss for a moment? Yeah. Because you meant the second goal, the 
teamwork, oh, the, the yeah. passing the by Argentina. Maria goal, yeah. Yes, yeah, the, the five consecutive passes right. that Argentina strung together. If uh, you need to be convinced of why it's fun to watch soccer, right. watch that yeah. goal because exactly. that was absolutely fabulous. Started with uh, Messi, the outside of the foot. Yes, that was about the... the Clicking th- it over. That was the third pass, I think, in yeah. the sequence, right? Oh, yeah, when they came out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was brilliant. That, that skill to watch that, if you have not seen it, I definitely encourage you to go check it out because that is... What he did with the outside of his foot yep. to spring one of his teammates, and then for just just the passing to be strung together that way, and then the calm finish by Angel De Maria, as who you mentioned, pounds who, it into the ground. Yes, a technique you, you kind of beat it up on the top of the ball, you pound it into the ground, mm-hmm. and that allows it to go over the goaltender. Be- because yeah, Hugo Lloris, the French goaltender, is obviously trying to smother it at the ground, and as yeah. you said, yeah, it then hops right over him. Brilliant finish, and then. When you thought it was going to be a coronation for Messi, oh, no, 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 no. The current holders, or at the time the current holders, France, decided that they were going to try and make a game of it, and they certainly did. Who slipped behind uh, Omatendi? Is that his name? Otamendi. Otamendi, yeah. Nicolas Otamendi. Was it Turm that slipped by and got by him and ended up drawing the foul and the penalty in the... In the uh, for the first... Uh, for the first penalty that Mbappe buried. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, it's I'll think of it, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll I, find it. But we'll think, it wasn't Kamavinga. It wasn't... No, no, no. Uh, uh, was, it, was, it, was it Kingsley Coman? It could have been, yeah. It could have been Kingsley Coman. Now, yeah, forgive me because I but he, was... But either way, he gets behind, he's fouled, they go to the penalty spot, and it's not two minutes later. Yes. It's not even nope. two minutes later. All of a sudden, they get the ball back at the top of the box, and they do a little bit of trickeration, and the next thing you know, the ball's in the air, and Mbappe's lining it up. Yes. He gets sideways. Yes. He gets horizontal. Yep. To be able to get the angle that he wants to put the power behind the ball, and even though Hugo Lloris puts a hand on it, uh, it doesn't Emilia, matter. Emilio Martinez. Yeah, Martinez. Sorry. No, Martinez. no, that's good. Yeah, yes. no, Mbappe's second goal was part of the, you know, when, yeah. if you watch, you've probably seen it at this point. That second goal was the reason why he showed he is, you know, the guy who is up and coming and potentially going to be in the conversation for the greatest all, all time after, you know, his career wraps up because, of course, Mbappe in France. One four years ago, at, when Mbappe was just 19, he then uh, they go on to you know participate in the final yesterday, and Mbappe of course wins the Golden Boot with his, when he completes the hat trick because Argentina scores in extra time. Lionel Messi, what you think is going to be the story, the perfect storybook ending, right? When he completes, uh, you know, the come or the. After the comeback for France, when he comes and scores and follows the goal in extra extra time, time, Messi, there at the goal mouth, ready to poach when needed, right? Follows up after Hugo Lloris just takes it right in the face, right? Nothing he could do about that one. Some guys do it well, and Hugo Lloris does it the best. And he took it in the face, and Messi there to finish it off. And what was, again, uh, they go to VAR, they confirm onside there. And so Argentina then takes the 3-2 lead. And you think, oh, okay, this is how it's meant to end, yeah, right? Angel de Maria crying, Angel de Maria crying on the bench. Everybody's crying on the bench. <laughs> they think they've got victory at hand. No, no. Just 10 minutes later, France is awarded yet another penalty, and Mbappe completes his hat trick and also then secures the golden boots. Yep. And then Argentina, it goes to penalties. And I heard Cap was very upset this morning about a World Cup final ending on penalties. This always seems to be the case. Although I, I, I did not hear as much of it yesterday, sure. simply because I, I think the storyline of Lionel Messi completing 
you know, what has right. been a, a just a difficult odyssey everybody, for him throughout his career. Everybody has the same opportunity. Yeah. Okay, you got five kicks. Everybody has the same opportunity. Okay, somebody's got to do something special. Okay? You either got to do something special by scoring the goal, okay, or you've got to do something special by blocking the goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when you shoot wide of the goal or you shoot so close to the goaltender, he guesses right, it's an easy save, then that's your issue. That's not soccer's issue. That's your issue. And I do think um, it's become more prevalent over the last 15 or so years. Um, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, Yurko, but I do think, especially because now referees are reluctant to call the kick taker on the approach for stopping. There's more of a right, hesitation, hesitation move where they are now waiting more and more often for goalies to blink first, make their first movement, and thus then just slotting it into the corner. So it's it's become a bit of a gamesmanship as well now. More so than it ever was in the past, I believe. Let's try our buddy Peter who in Miami, who I know Peter. is a big Argentina fan, has to be happy after yesterday's big win for Messi in Argentina. What's going on, Peter? How's it going? Great, Peter. How are you? We had a big celebration yesterday. As I, as you know, my wife's Argentinian, and she's, she's, uh, I don't know, happy is not. I, I don't think she was happy at our wedding day this much. So, <laughs> uh, it's uh, good for her. I'm very happy for her. But um, I just wanted to say that yesterday we witnessed the, the greatest World Cup final of all time. It was, uh, it was a game that kept you for 120 minutes and even the the shootout. Uh, I think Messi deserved this. Uh, His uh, legacy deserved to have this uh, accolade. It would only be... uh, It it tied up really well. But I do have a problem when I hear people calling that, uh, you know, why do they finish it with the penalty kicks? uh, I mean, that's how it's been played for 120 years. Why are we trying to Americanize soccer? I don't understand. Well, I think... why. Listen, I, I, I do. I look, Peter. I agree with you. I'm fine with it. And anybody, I think, who has consumed the sport for a period of time understands that there's really no good alternative. The problem is that if you, you can't look run at forever. it, forever. Yes, exactly. Because when you get to that stage, you'll see players cramping up for the most part. The game kind of yeah. devolves in extra time quite often because right. players are just physically fatigued and they don't have anything left. And so you have to go to PKs. That's the reality of the situation. And there's really until we someone comes up with a better alternative and i've still yet to hear one yeah. at this point nobody you know. gives me a good plan there, yeah. there's no good plan that's out there so. yeah the, 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 it's the way it is and you had goals in extra time yeah it was fabulous you had your you, goals in extra time you were you were you you told you uh, so noted we, that we tried to end it the way it could be ended yes but there's no golden goal and i'm glad that there's no golden goal play set time again if it's tied now, now we go to the to the uh, shootout. Golden goal, for those who are unaware, used to be the way they would end it. If they went to extra time, first goal would win, kind of like overtime hockey and playoffs. But, of course, that would have robbed us of the additional yeah. goal from France, sure. which uh, made it that much more and then the drama. dramatic. And the greatest penalty uh, takers of all time, the Croatians, obviously, every time <laughs> of course. we take its penalty kicks, we win. Yes, It's what we do, at least in Could- the last two World Cups we have. Congratulations on third place, my friend. I, think, I appreciate it. I believe our last penalty kick loss, loss. Uh-huh. was against Turkey in 2008 in uh, the Euros. Okay. Yeah, against Turkey, 2008, and Modric that's, missed one of them. That's uh, Yeah, there you go, last time. That would have made but him, what, 23 Yeah. Greatest, greatest penalty kickers of all time, the Croatians. I, Steely nerves, resilience. Yes. 
pressure <laughs> not affecting the Croatian. It runs in clearly. Um, and by the way, uh, our the, our guy in Miami just hung up, Peter. Mm-hmm. The penalty against Slovakovic, mm-hmm. your goalie gets run over, and they call a penalty on the goaltender. The, the Italian official is the Italian. Yes. I mean, I've never seen something like that in my life. But Argentina was much the better team in that game, and they were a deserved victor 3 nothing. But it did change the plan. I don't think the Croatians were going to do much against anything. They came back, beat Morocco on Saturday, third place. That's what we have. A third, a second, and a third. Six World Cups, a third, a second, and a third. Pretty good. Not not, not, too a, not bad. a bad run. For, not too bad, huh? Yeah. How many yeah. In, how many in Croatia? How many in the country? Four million. Not too bad for four, four million. million. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we could talk about soccer all day. We won't though. Do it all day. We will sure? continue to talk. We, I mean, listen. We're here for it. If you want to uh, broach the subject, greatest World Cup of all time. But we're also going to talk. Get back to some NFL discussion as we have all NFL. All NFL yes, the entirety of the league, and we'll continue to talk about the Bears here on ESPN One Thousand.